This podcast is brought to you by Enrollment Resources, Innovations in Enrollment Management. Learn more at enrollmentresources.com. So, folks, uh, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. Um, the Those of you that are on this call uh, are early adopters, is what I would say, wrapping their head around uh, your this idea. And what's going down, of course, is that um, gainful employment rules are coming down the pipe, and um, if your your tuition is too high in relation to the first year of earnings that your students are going to be making, the um, government will basically make you write this horrible paragraph and put it prominently on your website, and they'll make you uh, send a letter to your prospective students and uh, make your reps speak this to them over the phone. And I'm going to read this um, this paragraph that they're going to require those who have a program that's on probation to, to use. So ready? Here it comes. This program has not passed standards established by the U.S. Department of Education. The department based these standards on the amount students borrow for enrollment in this program and the reported earnings. If in the future the program does not pass the standards, students who are then enrolled may not be able to use federal student grants or loans to pay for the program and may have to find other ways, such as private loans, to pay for the program. So that's what, that is what we're going to have to deal with if you have a program that is on probation. Um, Cosmetology schools, in particular, are um, uh, exposed, and uh, so I want to just go and uh, share with you some thought starters or some ideas on ways in which you can start to prepare to get around this. So let's get just, just jump in. I'm going to just share a few ideas. This will be a fairly short call, but it's all based on thought starters. So. What do we have here? So the, the first thing you can do is you can work around it, right? Like you can, um, one thing I was told was to go and um, you have your student loan for, say, $10,000. And then you have the parent of the student do a completely separate loan where the student is not involved as a cosign or anything for the balance of the, the um the uh, the loan, but that's not gonna. It's really just kind of packing problem. Um, you can hope Absku is gonna win their their lawsuit. Um, they're doing an appeal of the lawsuit they lost. We don't really want to build a business off of that. You can start to create new hybrid programs um, in anticipation of the other one getting in trouble um, a year from now. You can do that. But this is all workaround stuff. At the end of the day, what I think we have to do is we have to lower our prices and and maintain the user experience. So this is a tough call, but uh, this is our way out. This is the way to get the regulators off of our back. So I'm going to leave you just a few ideas here to ponder, and then I'll, I'll take any questions that you might have at the end. So. You want to consider using online delivery of your programs, but you want to do it in a surgical manner. So 
surveys that we've run show that about 20% of the those wanting to go back to school are comfortable using online front to back. 80% are happy to use online as a complement or a blended part of the overall education experience. So if you can take 20% of your um, uh, your your classroom activity and you can move that to online with um, some recorded uh, lectures and, and the like, you can save yourself a lot of money uh, in terms of cost and fixed expense um, by taking some of that education delivery and systemizing it. And you could potentially um, lower your tuition 10 to 15% uh, while still hold, maintaining quality. Um, so that's one idea. Thought starter number two is redesigning the admissions department. So what we found in our scorecard activity that we do for schools, um, proprietary schools, the admissions department runs at about 55 to 60% of potential. So there's a lot of inefficiency typically within a school um, in, in the admissions department. And like here's an example. Um, we've run about 500 odd mystery shops um, uh, over our time here and I would say that um, it's the number 37% is the number yes 37% of admissions reps on average will not ask somebody to come in for a tour so that's hugely inefficient and expensive for a school again you can repatriate some of that 37% and then you can save money and again lower your costs um, the um, you can turn internet leads into phone calls, which will um, help to create efficiencies in terms of your admissions uh, department by using something like Philosophize Speak to Lead feature or Speed to Lead down in San Diego. They have a great tool that will take an internet lead and turn it into a phone call. All these kinds of efficiencies in terms of processes with your admissions department will go will allow you to go in again potentially trim three to five percent off of your admit your tuition cost while still holding your margins um, there's a couple of more ideas um, have your admissions people um, move out in and start interviewing the HR departments um, where your graduates are going and start looking for referrals uh, and training dollars. This is how University of Phoenix built up from a small school to a very big school very quickly. They focused on training dollars provided by corporations um, who want to take their existing staff and and uh, build them build them up. This is something that we know proprietary schools don't do a lot of, and it's a missed opportunity. And again, a way to go and improve your 90-10, improve your, um, your, gra your grad rates, and improve your placement rates, and again, you can lower your costs. Um, so thought starter, next thought starter. I would advocate that you consider radically reducing your advertising costs. So what we found is typically half of the advertising that people do is, is wasted and useless. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the leads don't get pursued by admissions reps. 
a lot of these third-party um, lead providers, the leads, they, I think the average that Greg Advertising reported was a 1.2% conversion rate. If we can go and, and test uh, reducing the uh, lead flow by 50% and then having the admissions reps do a better job with what's left over, you can conceivably uh, reduce your uh, your tuition by again another five percent. Uh, now, the other thing that you may or may not have happened for you in this call uh, through your history of your school is that let me back up in middle two thousands the gravy train was going on for proprietary schools and. A lot of schools got greedy, and they started organizing the physical plant of their school in such a way that they could take like a 50-mile um, geo-targeted area for prospective students. And they hadn't really gone and gotten in a car 50 miles away and tried to make their way to school, or they didn't try to go and get to school via the bus 50 miles away. It was poorly thought out. A lot of schools have enough physical plant designed for a 50-mile radius when, in fact, their school is really um, uh, set up for a 20-mile radius for, for their catchment area for students. So if that's the case, then you've got extra, extra real estate that you're working with. Why not just sublet that and uh, reduce your physical plant and then pass the, the subletted rent onto your uh, onto your students by way of a lower tuition. Um, now, this is one that's going to be odd for you guys, but I'm going to teach you a little something. In marketing, 80% of all marketing, all persuasion, is by way of really good copy copywriting, what we call direct response copywriting. Inside ad agencies and communication companies, the Direct response marketing part of it is seen as kind of like the ugly, red-headed stepchild. Uh, it's, it's just not sexy. That's where all the revenue created. Now, one tool that we have in direct response copywriting is when you have a flaw in your offering or a perceived issue like the price is too high or what have you, the instinct is to go and bury it and not mention it and then deal with it later when you've built that relationship up. But that's, in fact, the wrong thing to do. In direct response, what we do is we take that issue that people might have and you speak to it in a very full, thick, complete way. Um, and, in fact, what it does is it improves the conversion rates. So... It's basically, it's because people understand they have issues, um, the assumptions, and so the best thing to do is to deal with it. And that that's a little trick in terms of direct response copywriting or sales letters that you guys can use going forward. So this is counterintuitive, but this is, uh, this is what you're going to have to do if you have to end up putting that horrible little paragraph on your website. So here's how, in broad terms, how you organize this. You take a page uh, on your website and you call it Gainful Employment Regulations. What does it mean for you? This is aimed at the student. And then you give a deep background into how the Gainful Employment Rules come, came about and why they're, in fact, a good thing for the education space. 
Then you talk about how the rules are presently organized and that there are several gaps and, and uneven analysis in these rules. And you give examples, right? So, for instance, you could say with, uh, say you have a cosmetology school, you could say, you know, lots of cosmetology grads just want to work a couple days a week out of their house because um, they're raising kids. And those people are included as a full-time earner. Um, tips are not reported. You can build out the case as to why these rules are flawed, right? And then, um, then you explain why proprietary schools are more expensive than not-for-profit, and you build your value proposition. So you talk about the, the completion rates and the placement rates and all the extra uh, value that is loaded in with a proprietary school. And then you explain why this statement is required and, again, why it is, in your opinion, flawed. And then you give the statement. So what I'm, I'm advocating here is that you really build out this um, a whole persuasion process around this statement, and you explain it in complete detail. You stay balanced about it, and, but you're very detailed about it, so that when they read the statement, they're, they're not shocked mm -hmm. by it. And this is the best way to mitigate something negative that you have to deal with. Now, this will always work um, in other areas as well, like if you have a, a location disadvantage or if you have a price disadvantage. So that's um, basically um, how you do that. Um, so again, in summary, um, use corporations, those that are hiring your students, to share their training dollars in uh, teaching out uh, workers. Use online teaching as a blended learning tool. Flip the classroom. Cut corresponding overhead. Trim out about 40% of your poorest performing internet leads and have the reps replace the lead flow by better developing their PDLs and referrals. Uh, review all of your ad copy and lead conversion processes um, by improving your efficiencies by a good 20%. Uh, use our process like Virtual Admissions Advisor that can improve performance. Deeply thicken that, that paragraph that you have to put on your website and other places by explaining it fully. That's the key. And, um, and then the, the other thing I didn't really speak to, but spend some extra time in the first month of school and making sure that student is locked in and happy. Um, that will improve your graduation rates by 5%, which will, will in turn allow you to lower your cost by 5%. So um, the last piece is to radically deepen the testimonial well from employers. So I want to see 15 um, testimonials from employers about why your school is great. So if you take some of those thought starters and start to think about putting those into play, um, you've got several months to get things together, get things organized, and uh, then it's not so scary. Just to, it gives you some, some self-control over your destiny, and you can start to move your feet around improving things. Okay, I think we're good then. So this is just a little um, um, uh, overview of what's going to be coming down the pipe. If you want to have some more one-to-one um, -one time, uh, with myself, then just get a hold of Jody in our office.
at uh, 250-391-9494.